Food truckers love deep fryers. If you go to any event of any size, you're going to find a ton of fried food choices. From fried ice cream to fried Oreos, from fried chicken to fried catfish, and there's just so many choices. But the question every food truck owner with a fryer has is how do I stretch my shortening dollars? Well, let's talk about that today. Welcome to the 10-Minute Food Truck Training Podcast. My name is Bill Moore. I am a food truck business coach, author of five food truck vending books, including Food Truck 101 and Food Truck 201. This podcast is all about helping you start and grow your food truck business. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Stretching your shortening dollars is easy to do without it compromising the quality. That is a challenge, though. From the very second you pour new shortening into a fryer, it starts to go bad. Yes, the very first second. Even before you start frying that very first Oreo or that very first french fry or that very first piece of catfish. Shortening has a whole bunch of enemies, all of which destroy the quality of your shortening and then subsequently hurt the food that you put into the shortening. Those enemies are light, carbon, water, air, salt, and heat. So imagine you just open that jug of shortening and you're pouring it into the fryer and you just expose the shortening to light and air and the deterioration starts. Next thing you do is turn on the fryer because you got to heat it up. Well, now you've added the third enemy. You've added heat. Those three things will turn your oil darker and you don't have to cook not one bit of food in it. If you don't believe me, just turn on the oil. Snap a photograph of it. And then at the end of the day, Without cooking anything in it, snap another photograph. The oil at the end of the day is going to be darker. That's because it's starting to deteriorate from air, light, and heat. Since you're in business, you're going to be cooking food. When you do start cooking food, two more enemies jump in to attack your shortening. Every bit of food you fry contains some amount of water. If you're using frozen food, there's even more water in the form of ice crystals. That doesn't mean your food has been thawed and then refrozen, as everybody will say that's why you get ice crystals. You get ice crystals because food has water in it. And when it's frozen, the water tries to migrate outside of the food. And that's what creates that little teeny tiny bit of frost that you see outside of your food. Leave something in your freezer for a long amount of time and you know for a fact the freezer has never defrosted. The water is still going to be migrating to the outside of the food, creating those ice crystals. Now, not only does the food introduce water to your shortening, but most foods will also introduce carbon in the form of the fats and the carbohydrates that are in the food. So that's five out of the six possible enemies of your shortening, all working really, really hard to decrease the usable life of your oil. Now, what about salt? That's the only one I haven't mentioned so far. Some food with breading or some food that you batter is going to have what in it as an ingredient? That's right, you're going to put salt in it. To add insult to injury, did you know that there are food truck owners that will actually salt their food directly over the fryer? 
because they'll whine about, I don't have any space to put it, so I'm just going to salt it right here. And then they'll dump a whole big bunch of salt into the fryer. So how does a food truck owner stand any chance to increase the life of the shortening and still not compromise the quality of their fried foods? The first step is to take shortening management seriously. Shortening life can be increased by up to 30% by doing one or more of the following things. Look at your fried foods and determine if you can lower the cooking temperature without increasing the cooking time to unacceptable levels. If you can lower your temperature a few degrees and only add on 30 seconds, that's a decent trade-off. You can consider slacking your frozen foods. Slacking is a procedure to allow foods that have been frozen to thaw, which helps remove some ice crystals. This allows for a lower temperature of about 25 degrees from if you're cooking something from frozen. Slacking takes away the potency of two enemies, that being water because you're reducing the amount of water going into it, and then heat because you're lowering the temperature. Both those enemies are still there, but they're not as potent, and they're not going to be attacking your oil and turning it darker as quickly. Buy a skimmer tool and then use it. This removes the smaller bits of batters and breading and fried foods that escape the basket. This helps remove the carbon and perhaps a little bit of the salt that would have been left to burn and then sink to the bottom of the fryer, creating more havoc in your shortening. Filter and filter frequently. All well-ran restaurant chains filter after one of two things. They either have a certain number of food runs, and they say the shortening must be filtered, or it'll be a certain number of hours. A filter machine makes this job really easy, but they're expensive. And for cash-strapped food truck owners, all you need is a metal bucket with a latchable lid, a cone filter, and a filter holder, and you can filter your shortening. You don't need a fancy filter machine. What you want to do is run the oil through your filter cone and then get into that fryer and remove all the debris that's in the bottom that sank there throughout the day. If you are done for the day, then cover the oil and you're ready to travel. Remember, light is an enemy and you want to keep your shortening covered overnight, even if you're in a stationary location. But the responsibilities that are not over yet, once a month, boil out and detail clean every fryer that you have. You can do one a week. You can do them all at once. It doesn't matter, but get them done at least once a month. Follow the instructions to the letter on the boil out package. This is one of those situations where more is not better. Follow the instructions. Now, let me give you a word of caution. There's a whole bunch of companies out there that offer a fry powder that's added to a filter machine or in some cases just directly into the shortening itself. These powders are nothing but clumping agents. They bind the tiny particles that darken your shortening together and then make it easier for either the cone filter or the filter machine to catch them. In theory, this should work. In practice, it doesn't. Remember, I've worked for many fast food chains and have been tasked with testing these products every time a new one comes out and we get shipped a free case. They would send it to me and say, here, test this. In 100% of the test, the shortening life only increased about 15% if it increased at all. But the biggest negatives were the shortening began to have a old smell, even though visually it didn't look old, it had that smell. And for me, the worst side effect is it leaves a little telltale taste. It's not easy easy to detect that taste, but it is there. It's evident on the foods that have low flavor, like french fries, for instance, before you salt them. 
I know many food truck owners use these powders and claim it doubles the life. Well, I can tell you right now it doesn't. The quality of their food is suspect, and there is a difference in color between food cooked in brand new oil and food cooked in oil-containing powder. Remember, a lot of these powders aren't added until the filtering process. So brand new oil gets used all day long, and then the powder gets added in the filtering process. So that food cooked in that fresh oil looks massively different than the food the very next day looks when it's in oil that has that filter powder in it. The final tip that I have is to use a test kit to verify when you should be discarding your shortening and be consistent about discarding the oil when it's time. If the kit says discard, you don't look at your bank account and go, well, I can't afford it, so we're going to go one more day. You will lose a whole bunch more guests to the lack of consistency and the horrible taste than you would ever possibly save by saying, well, we'll stretch it one more day. It's impossible to save your way to profits because you create a spiral of lessening and lessening quality. Oh, and one more final, final tip. Shortening disposal is a revenue stream, albeit it's a small stream. Recycling companies, they're going to pay you money for your old shortening. So stop giving it away to the dude with a diesel truck and put that money towards your shortening budget. Thank you so much for listening to the 10-Minute Food Truck Training Podcast. If you're finding all the information helpful to your food truck business, please become a monthly supporter of the podcast. Just hit the support button or follow the link in the description. Every little bit does help keep us going. Join our Facebook group. It's called Food Truck Training. We have a whole bunch of awesome members at all different levels, from brand new beginners to decades old veterans. They've all got your back when it comes to helping you with your food truck. And again, thank you for listening. Come back tomorrow because you know i got plenty more to say when it comes to helping you and your food truck business grow.